Welcome to Be Bold Repeat, a podcast for female entrepreneurs who want a behind the scenes look at what it takes to build a business of your dreams using mindset and marketing strategies. Your journey as an entrepreneur can be whatever you want it to be. Be Bold Repeat is not about being perfect or even getting it right the first time. We seek to inspire you to take action, whether that's clean or messy. We know that you've got this and the world needs you to show up and share your gifts now more than ever. My name is Ashley Cruz and I am the founder of Embracing the Uncertain, a female coaching company dedicated to providing a safe and supportive space for your personal or professional journey. I'm Katie Burton, digital marketing strategist and owner of Simply Social. My passion is helping business owners and entrepreneurs tell their story online so they can free up time to work on growing their business. We are so happy to have you. Make sure you're following us at Be Bold Repeat on Instagram and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to make sure you're getting the latest episodes. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Be Bold Repeat. When I tell you I am excited about today's guest, that is the understatement of the week. We are so happy to have Lindsay Simons, founder of Lindsay Simons Consulting, a senior nonprofit fundraising and management professional with a decade of experience partnering with organizations for transformational change. You guys, she has raised over $1 billion philanthropic, and she is an integral lead in expanding and deepening donor relationships and development operations. She also hosts Creating Community for Good, a podcast dedicated to philanthropy, the love of humankind. In her free time, she teaches yoga and is the founding chairwoman for Laughing Lotus Yoga Studios Love Saves the Day, a nonprofit dedicated to increasing access to yoga for all. So help me in welcoming this overall amazing human to the podcast today. Hello, Lindsay. Hi, I'm so happy to be here, Katie and Ashley, and hello to the audience. Thank you so much for having me. That was really humbling to listen to that intro. You've made me blush. I feel like I'm I don't do enough. At the beginning of the interview. <laughs> I know. Don't I, you all of a sudden like, feel I do lazy? All of that? I don't think so. <laughs> Pardon. All of a sudden, well, you I feel do want to really say. I, I I feel really. I feel like even tired just listening to that intro. Thinking, no wonder <laughs> it's I'm sleepy all the time. Just kidding. I I love I love what I do, and I actually, I'm not sleepy all the time. I get very inspired by the work I do, so I feel like it's a real gift that I've found a a good calling for me, and it fits my personality and skill set and and um, brain capacity as well. I really love what I do. That's amazing. Well, can you tell us a little bit about your journey to entrepreneurship? I know you started your consulting in 2017. So tell us a little bit about how you decided entrepreneurship was the right path for you. Yeah, I was, um, I'm excited about this question because I want to be very real with you and the audience. And I've been thinking about what was my path upon reflection? I'm coming, I'm in my fourth year of running my own business. And the truth is that I had a really big sequence of unfortunate events before I started my business. And it was one of those things where I was feeling like I kind of had 
I was at a loss. I felt like one thing after the next to the point where if I were to list everything off that sort of happened at this time, you would probably just die of laughter because it's like one, it's the comedy of errors of all errors. And so it was an eye-opening time in terms of, you know, I'm a spiritual person in terms of thinking about life in a spiritual way. I feel like it was sort of like a dying down of an old way. And so that there could be a rebirth to a new way of, of being or of being Lindsay, whatever it is. I don't want to get too, um, too out there for the audience, but I do believe that there's um, you know, there's a cycle of life that we all experience. Even if you think about Joseph Campbell's story of the hero's journey, it's a similar concept that you're, you're just sort of an average person. And then you get called to duty, you either have an excitement or an adventure or a crisis and something's activating a change. And then you have a few mentors and guides who support you along the way you go into the ultimate battle, the journey, the, the adventure, and you might have some trials and tribulations, but eventually you succeed or, or some whatever that looks like for you on this hero's journey or the sequence of journeys that Joseph Campbell um, has studied. And then you go back to ordinary life, just a little bit different, but you're just another ordinary Joe with a slightly different take on life. And so I would say that was my journey to entrepreneurship where I had this moment of calling, calling to action and I had amazing mentors and friends. And I would say that, you know, the, the people that have been most supportive to me are my sister, my mom, and my dad. And, you know, I, I love them so much. And I want to just share how appreciative I am to them as well as my extended family. And then my former boss, Rick Happy, a former client, Nathan Chappelle, and a new friend from a board, Isla Malik. And then a first client was Suzanne McKechnie-Clark from Build, Katie. So I think that, you know, we have that in common is our love of Build, the nonprofit that teaches entrepreneurship to youth. And um, so I do want to acknowledge those people because as I was reflecting on my experience before this interview, I remember feeling like um, this is a, it, it, this is an insane moment of change for me before I jumped into consulting where I had nothing. And then all of a sudden, those four people that I mentioned, they tapped my shoulder and they're like, Hey, we would love to work with you. Or we'd love to help you out. What can I do to make this happen? Next thing you know, I had a full book of business within 10 days. I had a book of business for a year and that was extraordinary. So I, I am deeply thankful to those people for giving me a chance for taking a bet on me and for saying, you know, we, we don't care that you're on your own. We still like what you have to offer. It's not about the brand that you're representing. Um, it's about what you're bringing to the table. So for me, that was game changing to get trust from those, um, from those people. And then to just step into it. And I tell you what, I felt like I was drinking from a fire hose for, um, I mean, I still do actually, but I would say there were probably 18 months where I was like, I have literally no idea what I'm doing. And then, I mean, I know my industry of philanthropy, uh, but I just didn't know how to run a business. And the biggest challenge has been, how do I do my client work and figure out where my next client work will come from? So that's the, the journey as like a solo entrepreneur. I've had some awesome subcontractors too, too so I don't want to discount them, but um, it's been a journey. And I have to say, I'm just really, really grateful that I've had this opportunity and I love it. I absolutely love it. I love that so much because I think community is like something that Katie and I also really share a lot of love for. And 
it's Mm -hmm. probably one of the biggest jumping off points, I think, for a lot of entrepreneurs. So I'm curious if you can share um, how you not necessarily found them, but like, what do you think it took to find that community of support to keep you going and to get you off the ground? Oh, yeah, I love that. Um, You know, I have a I remember once one of my early mentors and bosses said that I was an oversharer. And this was when I was really young, like 22 or three or something. And she was like, you're kind of an oversharer and you should probably button it up. And I was like, oh, I was so embarrassed. I was mortified as a young person. And you know, you know how you sort of feel self-righteous in a little bit too, in a way when you're young and you're like, no, I am just being my authentic self. And like, you need to accept it. You know, all that rebellious kind of attitude that I think happens when you're young and you're like trying to stake your, your claim as your identity. But, um, I did learn to button it up a little bit and become wear shift hat, you know, put on different hats at different times. And that served me really well in my early days. then I was able to gain, you know, my experience through my work. And and I am so grateful to, um, you know, the opportunities I've had to just to get the experience, to be able to run capital campaigns that brought in over a billion dollars. And then when I shifted after, um, I guess I've been doing consulting now, Katie, for more than 10 years, I realized I need to update my bio, but I guess it's been about 13 or so. And I realized when I started my own business that bring my authentic self was actually what created the community. So when I was as a, um, a consultant for a bigger hat, bigger shop, I really was representing that shop. I was wearing a suit every single day. I had my logo on everything it was all about the, we and the us, which was a great mentality, but I was very sub, um, I was almost like, uh, what would be the right word? I was very, a little bit passive or um, deferential. Maybe that's the right word. Deferential to my boss at all times. Then when I started my own business, it was really just me, myself and I, but then I realized I had to have that same sense of us and we that I had for my company. So I just started building that in. As, as many friends as I had, and then as many as I made, I just started calling on them and saying, Hey, you know, will you be, will you listen to me for five minutes while I just bent, or will you give me advice or will you be a mentor to me taking people to coffee? Um, really just feeling like, uh, making every person that I met that I felt was a, you know, inspiration in some way, letting them know that I felt that and then keeping in touch with them. And so that's how I built my community and with authenticity. So that's where the, the full circle comes back is to say, as an oversharer, I would also say things like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And then they'd be like, please give yourself a little credit. You obviously do, you know, pick it up. And I was like, oh yeah, I am being a little self, you know, deflating in a way. So I need to balance that humility with, um, with courage, but it's also to be honest as the, the summary is like finding my community is just through being honest and being real. I would say the um, oversharing has treated you very well and not something to knock. I would say it's obviously worked out um, really well for you. But I think the big thing I take away from that is like the courage to ask for help, which a lot of entrepreneurs really struggle with, me included, is like, if you are hitting a struggle point, we tend to look at everyone else and think, oh my gosh, they're doing amazing. They're thriving. They have no issues whatsoever. And at times it can be difficult to ask for help, but it sounds like that was a real turning point for you in entrepreneurship and really helped you lean on your community. Yeah. uh, Thanks for saying that. I do feel that all the time. Like just as we were 
opening up for this call, I thought about you two. And I was like, how are you doing what you do? You're so successful. And I love what you produce and it's all magic. And I'm so far behind you. And then when you pull the curtain back and, and you are, you are doing beautiful work, but when you pull the per curtain back, I think your point is that, um, Katie, that we're all just doing our best and trying to figure it out. And, and what's more is that the landscape is changing, right? So we've got social media is a a living and breathing thing that we're all interacting with differently. And not to mention that, you know, I know we were talking offline about clubhouse, but that's just a burgeoning field and, and nobody knows what they're doing there. So every time you think, Oh, she's got it unlocked. Then you, you have to just pause and say, actually this thing just launched. Like nobody has it unlocked yet. There's just some great strategies out there. I love that because I felt so behind on Instagram and Facebook oh, and I'm like, yes, Clubhouse is a level playing field. Everybody yes. is fucking it up and we're all just doing our best here. <laughs> like it just yeah. gave so much permission. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I and love there's that no, too. There's no lovely like swipe up or sponsored or whatever accounts. Like, yes, some people have more clout than others, but it's so yeah. nice to be at like this organic level with everyone. Yeah. And we were, the three of us were talking about this earlier, but also it takes some of the pressure away with it just being audio. I think people mm. don't feel the need to show up perfect. I know Instagram can create that for a lot of people. Like you want to show up a certain way. And I think for me, that's the refreshing thing about Clubhouse is it's literally just a sharing of everyone's zones of genius. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Zones of genius. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so speaking of being um, envious of things going on, I saw that you have weekly clubhouse is going. I was very impressed by those. So can you tell us a little bit about what you've loved about clubhouse so far, where you're still figuring things out, just all the clubhouse deets? Yeah. Okay. So I have never, I had never heard of it until I was on a group chat with some of my dear friends from the Bay area. I live in the Bay area and literally all of my best friends from this little pod have moved and so, you know, my sadness is real, <laughs> just a little shout out to those people who've left me come back to the Bay. <laughs> Everyone's moving from the Bay. Just like as a side note, it's, it's just, it's an Seems amazing phenomenon. Seems like a mass phenomenon. exodus for sure. It's a mass exodus. So I was talking to Michael Addison, um, and his wife Ashton, and they moved to, um, Kansas back where she is from and bought a big house for the same, or probably less than what they were paying for their one little studio <laughs> in San Francisco. And, and he was like, Hey, are you guys all on clubhouse? And I was like, what? And he's like clubhouse. I'm like, come again, you know? <laughs> so I had never heard of it. And he's like, okay, I'll get you an invite, but I only have like two. So you have to really promise me you're going to use it. And I was like, yeah, I'll use it. So he gave, he sent me his invite and I jumped on and I was immediately fascinated. I was so hooked because I could pop in and out of different conversations, as you've said, really easily. And pick up on what people were, what they were sharing and what was working, what wasn't working well. And it just became like something that is a new nut to crack, like a new challenge, a new opportunity, something really curious. And so I, um, I tried to start another room with my friend, Mike Spear. So we did that and we had only like two people show up and they're like, I just want to pop in. And then I got to get back to a meeting. We're like, okay. So we ended up talking about mental health the whole day or the whole hour, like our own personal mental health during COVID, as opposed to fundraising, which was the topic of the day, because it was just us hanging out on a call. And then we were like, okay, we should do this again, but let's organize it differently. So what I learned was having two people who don't have any presence starting a room 
is nice, but it's hard to get people to come to that. So what I did last week was I thought about one of my superpowers is connecting with people. As we talked about earlier, like I've got a beautiful community. And so I called on people who were frontline fundraisers, people who were consultants like me, people who were donors that we were trying to approach, corporate representatives like Salesforce, we had Saren Bird there. We had um, folks from foundations and we have folks from giving circles and we had volunteers. We had a couple of folks from Build, by the way, too. Um, I keep shouting that out, Katie, because um, of our shared passion for that. And, and so Rodrigo was there and Jess was there. And um, what I learned was that each of those people, I told them, if you could each bring one or two people tomorrow, that's all I ask. Show up, introduce your, be ready to introduce yourself and be ready to have one or two people there to support you. So I had nine co-hosts with me and we put it together within literally, I think it was less than two days. I think it was like a day and a half where the idea came to mind. I called all these people. Everybody was curious about doing it. So we just showed up at eight o'clock Pacific time on Wednesday, which is when we're going to have our repeat calls. And we had over 50 people show up. So it went from two people on my first try to 50. Yeah. And it was, it was amazing on my second try. And, and so the heart of what I'm trying to share is gather a group of people who have different perspectives and different networks that can come to the table to battle, not battle, but to share perspectives from different sides of the coin. So we're not just saying the same thing. It wasn't just a group of consultants talking about strategy, right? I mean, that's beautiful too. And there's a space for that. But what I liked was that there were people coming from totally different perspectives of the, of the sector that were bringing their own perspectives and, and offerings. And then we had so many people coming in that were not, so we had our friends come in, but then we had other people come in because they saw there was momentum. So I think that was another secret. Another tip that I was given that I'll share out is to set the room, like reset the room. So saying at the beginning, here's what we're going to do. Here's who I am. Here's who, who's on the call. And then another 10, 15 minutes later, as you start seeing people coming in, reset the room. Hi, this is Lindsay Simons. Here's what we're doing. We're having a coffee chat about consult, about fundraising. This time it was corporate giving. Next time it's going to be about um, 100% giving to nonprofits, 100% um, of the gift going to the cause versus ROI. So each week we're figuring out a topic sort of uh, as it goes, like what topics have come up in the last one and what's the next one going to be. So resetting the room and then telling people, hey, if you like what we're hearing, click on each of our icons and follow us. And you can see what we're going to do in the future. And you can find us on LinkedIn or Insta or whatever it is. So it's, it's a, an opportunity to do a quick promotion, but without it being the focus point. Um, I'd say those were the three learnings. So a diverse room, a resetting the room in the moment, and then a call to action. Those are the, those are the three. And then, well, maybe the fourth would be having consistency. So now I'm going to do it every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time. And I hope anybody who's listening will join and just pop in and say, hey. Um, but I think that that's how we're going to grow it. I love that. Learning, learning. <laughs> I love that. I feel like you've taught us some things too, because we're doing Clubhouse too. So those are great to know. And I think the two things I keep taking away is community, 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 especially mm -hmm. as being a solo entrepreneur, it mm -hmm. can feel really lonely. So building that community is not only mm -hmm. key for like your mental health and to be able to keep going, but also for your business. And then the other one is not being afraid to ask for help. So just how you called mm -hmm. on those mentors when you knew you needed more people in the clubhouse room, you were mm -hmm. 
reaching out to your contacts, reaching out to your community and asking them to come help you with that room too, which I think is really beautiful. Yeah. So one of my friends, Jason Lucina, he, he's really taken the COVID opportunity, the opportunity of COVID, um, not to, not to trivialize it, but the virtual reality to bring together community as well. So he's got a community of Filipinos in Southern California that he grew from zero to like 17 or 19,000 on Facebook. And so I had had, I was promoting something, I don't know. And, and he just reached out and said, Hey, I'm, I'm just sending you love or sending you love and good luck with everything you're doing. And I said, that's so nice of you. How are you doing? He was a client of mine at city of hope. And he said, um, Oh, I'm, I'm doing, you know, really well, all things considered we've been super busy. Um, and I've also had a lot of fun building my community. And so he, as soon as he told me about his community, I said, well, that, that would be amazing. Would you want to partner with me on clubhouse? So that was sort of this serendipitous benefit of community, you know, so that we hadn't worked together in like two or so years, but every now and then we check in and, and support each other and just say, Hey, thinking of you, hope you're doing well. Nothing more than that, not a big burden, right? Just a, just a touch point of contact of support. And that's what led to me being able to benefit from him. And he was coaching me along the side. He was the one during clubhouse to be like, reset the room, do it again. It's time to reset the room. And I was like, thank God for you, Jason. <laughs> you know, so that's, yes, that's how community comes together is you build on each other's strengths, right? So, so he was excited to join me because of whatever I'm offering. And I was excited to have him because of what he's offering. And it went like that for the other nine guests as well. frozen here <laughs> no I think that's so I amazing I like, though yeah no I think that's amazing and I think the thing that's really coming through for me is just providing as much value and having a conversation and you know mm. you just never know how impactful that can be on your business on your you know professional life on your personal life you can just create so many connections in so many different ways and you know it doesn't always have to be just about business it could actually be about creating the connection. And I think that's something that's really, I, I believe, overlooked as entrepreneurs a lot of times. Hmm. Yeah, I had, um, I was listening to Clubhouse last yesterday um, as I was going for a walk and I heard my friend and one of the people I look up to, Jeff Hoffman, who's one of the co-founders of Expedia. And he's really all about living your, um, oh shoot, now I don't want to mess this up on air, but uh, what is it? It's living your most, it's something like awesome or rad life. I feel bad that I'm messing this up, but I'm sure he'll, he'll correct me. And what I loved about it is that he's, he was saying, be not only be authentic, but be compelling to why somebody else would want to listen to you. So in your title of your podcast or the title of your um, clubhouse room or article or whatever you're promoting, not only saying, Hey, I'm talking about how to raise money from cryptocurrency as an example, but instead it's, here's what you need to know about cryptocurrency and philanthropy. And so that was one of my most recent podcast episodes on creating community for good. The point is that having a compelling title that makes somebody think one step further than a topic, but it's actually, how could that engage me or what, what's exciting about that? Another tip that is separate that I found was really profound. And I, I do this a lot is surround yourself with people who are a lot smarter than you. And then it 
elevates you, right? So it makes you smarter, but also people want to be around the people that you're around. So I would say that, you know, I think that's a really fun tip. Like the people who I had on my clubhouse the other day are brilliant people that I could basically just facilitate their coming together. I, I didn't speak much at all. I just was, you know, there and said who people were and why I was excited. And then I let the room go. So I do think that was another good strategy to consider is like, who are the smartest people or people you admire and just see how you can, you know, get them on your side by offering to help in some way, being a human in some way, you know, really it's just like, people are looking for connection. If you can get on the phone and ask somebody, how are you doing? That's a good start. <laughs> that's a good start. Yeah, that's not to be a big agenda. Yeah. Totally. And I think even being a facilitator and that person that creates community is a magic skill all in itself. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I think that's something that I have admired in you is just those being able to build that connections. And I think it feels so easy for you because it comes naturally. Um, yeah. yeah, I just think that's a really wonderful like takeaway too, is to not be afraid to reach out to those connections. Yeah. Oh, and I thanks. think also as entrepreneurs, it allows us to just humble ourselves and remember mm -hmm. that like, we still are learning and a lot <laughs> like, regardless of whether you've been in the game for 13 years, mm -hmm. you just started, mm -hmm. or, you know, you're a very seasoned executive Mm -hmm. there's still always more to be learning. And, you know, mm -hmm. even just clubhouse brings out that like new learning vibe for everyone. Cause we're all just starting at the same place, regardless of whether you've got a ton of experience or not. Yeah. I like that point too. And I think that something that you can do for, um, for my friends who are less experienced and for my most experienced folks, I think that this is a tip that either end of the spectrum could use is to say something like, while I am an expert or I am exposed to X, Y, and Z, you could even say exposed if you're not, if you're brand new and, and like you're 25 and you're just getting out of, well, I guess a couple of years, whatever, out of school, um, if you went to school, but you could say something like, while I've got exposure to X, Y, Z, I'm excited to learn about ABC. And you could do that as a senior executive as well. While I've got 30 years of experience in XYZ, I'm very excited to learn about ABC. And that's how you can sort of ground yourself with a little bit of um, often, not only authenticity, but like um, credibility and why you're showing up in the room and also showing that you're intellectually open and curious. And I think those are the types of people that you want to be around. And that's a way to frame or set the stage for opening up a new conversation at any level. I love that. That is gold. And I was just about to ask you to, to end things off. I feel like you've already given us so much advice that I feel kind of guilty asking you this question, but <laughs> if you were to talk to someone that was like just starting their business, no matter uh -huh. what fields it in, what is something, a piece of advice that you would give them to ensure that their business is abundant and that they're getting joy out of it and that it's successful for whatever that means for them? Yeah. Okay. I love that question. And I would say that, um, in addition to the comment I just made, I think the comment I made was important, but I'll, I'll expand from there. I think not that I can pat myself on the back on that, but yes, I you like can. The, yes, I, you can. I was like, Oh, Whoa, <laughs> I think I'm really important. Great. You are. Um, no, but I think that the comment is having some grounding for me. I, I, Think it's important because it's what I need to, I needed to teach myself, you know, I needed to teach myself to not always be, um, self-effacing and humble and, you know, showing insecurities because I do have my own two feet to stand on. And I think that once I became a little bit more comfortable 
owning my space, then it really propelled me to take another step of courage to do whatever else it was, or to ask questions or to um, show that learners, beginner's mindset. But it's not from pure ignorance or being like, um, not having substance. So I think for me, it was important to ground myself with some of my own substance and then ask questions. Um, so that, that's what I would say about that comment, but for, to, to answer your question about another strategy that could be helpful, it's really about mentality. Everything that I just said piggybacks on the essence of mentality and having a belief in yourself, like knowing that whatever, whatever you're bringing to the table is truly unique to you and nobody else can do it better. And you really have to extract your own talents and your own beauty and your own abundance because nobody else will. You, they can help you, but you need to embrace and own what you've got. And if you don't know what you've got, spend some time sitting with it, you know, sit on a mat and meditate for five minutes a day and just ask the question, what is my talent or what is unique about me or what is special about me? And it doesn't have to be forever either. It can just be for right now. It could change tomorrow. It could change in five years. You know, we all go through life changes, but it's understanding what is one thing that's special and unique about you that can give you the courage to stand in that room and say, this is, this is about me, but here's what I want to learn. So beautiful. so good because you're speaking to my little mindset heart. That's the, you know, the very basis of everything that I teach in my business is just believing in yourself and staying so close to what you have to offer as you go out and do the things that you want to do in your business. Because I do truly believe that that is foundationally one of the most important things that we can do as business owners. And if we're not steadfast in ourselves and what we have to offer, how can we expect anyone else to feel excited to work with us or want to work with us, right? It's kind of like that mm. mirror approach of like, we are like other people are mirrors of how we are looking at things, right? And like really mm. just taking that to heart. So if you care deeply about something, know that that's enough and show up as if that is your gift and like, that's what you have to offer this world. And I guarantee you, people will mirror that back to you. Mm. And especially more so as you get, like you said, more and more comfortable owning what your, you know, gifts are. Mm-hmm. And having unshakable trust. So there's a mudra, which is a hand, a hand posture in yoga that I, I learned um, when I was going through a big time of change. It seemed like crisis. I went and got my yoga teacher training and it was really not so that I could become a yoga teacher for the rest of my life, but it was more so so that I could understand the practice better and go deeper. And one of the, the best takeaways that I learned was this this hand posture and the essence or the spirit of unshakable trust. So to say like, even if I have a terrible day, I still have trust that it's okay. Or that the, the universe will provide whatever you believe in, if it's God, whatever you want to say, but whatever works for you and your belief system, that there is, there is a support of humanity that, that will provide and that there is abundance. If you just keep holding on hope, you know, and hope or faith, Um, that's something I've really learned in this time because there've been moments, like even during COVID, I thought, okay, maybe I should just shut down my business and go get a job someplace that has healthcare and a regular salary. And then I thought, no, 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 hang on. This is just a moment in time and have that unshakable trust that it will, it will, will come up from it. 
And it's just a, it's a change. It's a surprise. It's unexpected, but be responsive, not reactive. And, and that really came through to me in 2020. Yeah. And if you can make it through 2020 as a business owner, I mean, I went full time into my business at the start of uh, January of last year. And at oh, first time you to launch. I know. And at first you find yourself thinking, great, you know, but then you're like, wow, if I can sustain this through a pandemic, then it was kind of like a blessing in disguise that that happened. But I really, truly believe what you said. I think entrepreneurship is such a roller coaster. And for some reason, our brains like to think that when we're at that bottom, we're not going to go back up. So I just always try and like visualize visualize myself on a roller coaster and knowing that like the car is going to come back up. Yes. I love that. I love that. I just think it's funny because I also started my entrepreneur journey with yoga teacher training. (laughs) Oh, you did? That was like the launch. But I'm like you, I didn't necessarily want to teach. I just wanted to like bring my practice deeper so that I could feel more steady, more grounded in whatever it was that I was going to do. So that's kind of fun. I love that. We have that in common. I love that we have that in common too. I think that yoga is like yoga is for everyone and it's not just postures, right? So it's Mm -hmm. mental space, Mm -hmm. the mindset, your energy, your mindset. Yeah. I'm a big, big fan. I love it. Well, Lindsay, we are so grateful for you to have shared all of your genius with us and, um, you know, just for teaching us some of the things about clubhouse, which is such a new thing, but also really grounding us in your truths and what's really worked for you and your business as you've built such an incredible consulting company. So can you tell our listeners where they can find you, how they can connect with you? What are the things that they should know about you and what you're doing right now? Oh, thank you. Thanks, Ashley, for asking that. Um, and I've really enjoyed this too. Thank you for giving me the space. Like I said, you know, I do all this interviewing and I do a ton of coaching and teaching. And it's so rare that I feel like somebody's uh, just sitting to listen, interview me, listen to me. I, I shouldn't say that all of my friends are good listeners, but it, it is a special moment for me. And I appreciate you taking the time to ask me some of these questions that are meaningful to me. And it, it does make me feel I'm really happy to share them. Um, how you can find me is lindsaysimonsconsulting.com or on LinkedIn. Lindsay Simons, those are probably my two best places. And it's spelled L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-S-I-M-O-N-D-S consulting. Um, sometimes people spell my name in various ways. So that, that could be helpful. And yeah, what I do and what I want to offer to the world and anybody who's listening is I am a consultant for nonprofits and, or even anybody in philanthropy, if you're, you have a foundation, um, advising on where do you distribute your funds? If you are a corporation and you're thinking about how do we develop a socially responsible, um, program that can support nonprofits. Those are two fields that I'm also in support of, but really my backbone is on feasibility studies, capital campaigns, leadership development, um, department organization, teaching mindfulness and mentality, a winning mentality in fundraising. It's all the same stuff that I've been talking about today applied to the specific field of um, bringing people together to make change in the world. So that's what philanthropy and fundraising is all about. So um, if you have a board retreat and you want somebody to facilitate that or do training, call me. So I'm, um, you know, just like everybody who's an entrepreneur and listening, I'm doing my best to continue to build my business. So I'd love any, anybody to come. If you've got questions, I'm happy to share what resources that I've learned or uh, gathered along the way. And um, yeah, looking for partners and friends and in business and in life. 
Lindsay, thank you so oh, and much. And other things I'm doing. Yeah. The 8am on Wednesdays, 8 a.m. Sorry to cut, cut you off, but just as you asked, so 8am on Wednesdays, uh, Pacific time, we'll just do like an hour coffee house for now that, or, um, clubhouse that I'm figuring out. And then also I've got my podcast creating community for good podcast. that comes out two times a month. So, um, if you go to my website, you'll see it there. Or if you Google creating community for good podcast, you'll see it on all places that it's indicated. So many good Thank things. You. And we'll, Thank you. We'll, for of course. Moment. And we'll drop all these links in the show notes. So that way um, you guys can all just go down there, grab them and um, pick whatever. But I am definitely going to be tuning into that clubhouse room. And I think I see a clubhouse room for the three of us in the future too. Oh, yeah. I'm seeing it too. I would love that. That would be amazing. (laughs) Lindsay, thank you so much. We are so grateful to you for being here and we appreciate your time and all of the amazing tips that you gave our listeners. Oh, Ashley and Katie, thank you. This has been such a treat. I really enjoyed it. We'll talk to you on the next episode. You do. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you are taking away some incredible ideas for your own business. If you like today's episode, feel free to binge the rest of our shows and leave us an honest review. We are always open to hearing your feedback, especially if you have requests for future episodes. Each month, we'll take a look at our reviews and randomly select one winner for a free digital marketing audit or coaching session of your choice. Don't forget to hit subscribe and we'll talk to you in the next episode.